Radio Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. And we're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. I'm going to introduce our crew, guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show. Now, look, normally we start off with mentioning Travis Yates because he's a major, but not today. Not today. You've been outranked today. Yeah, we have Chief Deputy from Pinal County in Arizona. Yes, Matthew Thomas, the Chief Deputy Matthew Thomas. So thanks for being on the show. He is back. He looks a little different. I like I like the look. I like the look. I'm this is this is this is my version of the look. And this is actually I hate, I'm embarrassed to even tell you how much growth this is and for for our audio listeners. Yeah, I'm pushing about a two week non shave. I did trim today this morning, but uh, but yeah, yeah, my uh, he he's probably working on like two or three, and he and he he's blowing me away. Also, uh, Major Travis Yates uh, retired from Tulsa recently. I think in July he retired. Uh, he's also Dr. Travis Shates for, so at least, uh, someone here is educated on the show today. So appreciate you being here, Travis. Uh, also a, uh, he's also at Travis Shates.org too. If you guys want to check him out, a shout out to our sponsors. We have galls, aufire.com, gunlearn.com, bluethegold.com and mymedicare.live. Also a shout out to Brian Burns with the free press at Tampa fp.com. Thanks for carrying our content. And Ray Dietrich with Red Voice Media, we're streaming to eight locations right now. That's in addition to the uh, live seven Boss Talk radio stations that we're on, we're on and also the additional, what, uh, 20, I think, eight stations that were on delayed across the country. But eight streams going right now. Three of those belong to Red Voice Media. And those three Facebook pages alone have about a million followers. So thanks to Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. Um, you know, guys, our first topic we usually start off with, it's a, it's a main topic. They have a tendency to be a little bit deeper. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's a great, not a great conversation because this is, believe me, it's a great conversation. You know, a couple of days ago, we had uh, Dr. Travis Yates on the show with us as well, and we were talking about consent decrees. And, you know, I kind of feel like we're talking about consent decrees more and more now. We're educating not just the general public, but law enforcement officers as well. A lot of people just don't get it, especially if they haven't hit your agency. You know, it may sound like a, like a, like a good thing, you know, so we're educating ourselves and, and the general public about consent decrees, but I, I kind of feel like we're, it, it's like talking about, you know, qualified I- I immunity or officer created jeopardy, these new concepts that just aren't really out there yet. People are still learning about them. So this, uh, this topic that we're going to be talking about today is going to go a little bit in that direction. So lawofficer.com, they just talked about the consent decrees that we covered a couple of days ago, but on police one, uh, there's a new article titled St. Louis initiative. It aims to reduce homicide rates by 20% using what they're calling forced deterrence strategy. I'm sorry. I was trying to get through that without laughing. I promised myself that I could do it. Apparently I could not, but it's called forced deterrence strategy. I mean, those three words sound pretty intimidating. Now I'm going to jump to what we talked about uh, two uh, days ago when we are talking about consent decrees and they had a list of of uh, places that had to consent decrees, and you would think that they had some of the lowest crime, you know, in the United States, right? Well, listen to some of the names of these places. If they're not consent decree locations or cities, they're next to ones that that are. Um, Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland, uh, Miami, Seattle. Well, they've got their act together in Seattle, right? How about Portland? Yeah, Portland's definitely a place I'd want to live, right? Minneapolis, um, Denver, which is right next to Aurora. And then St. Louis, which is what we're talking about right now in this story. And where are they next to? Ferguson, Ferguson, Missouri, Michael Brown. Yeah, you got to love it. There's a whole list of other ones, you know, on that law officer article as well. And we'll have a link to that on the story that comes out tomorrow morning. 
So uh, in St. Louis, of course, a regional effort aimed at cutting homicides by 20% over the next three years, they're going to focus on efforts by police and social services on the relatively small number of people involved in many murder cases there. The recommendation was issued Friday by a working group of about 30 law enforcement officers, elected officials, and criminologists, because all these guys know what they're talking about, right? And other people who met all week on the issue at the Washington University School of Medicine campus. But they don't tell you who the people were. They just tell you about the backgrounds, right? Remember, covered an article yesterday. They had Kim Fox weighing in on telling people how they do stuff. I'm thinking, really? Okay, so this goes on to say, many details still must be worked out. The proposal needs formal buy-in from the local elected officials, but the basic idea is to use a strategy called focused deterrence, in which police and social service providers give people repeatedly involved in violence, they give them a choice. And here's a quote from uh, Thomas App. He's a Maryland-based criminologist who led this conference. He says, hey, they will collectively confront these individuals and groups and give them a very simple message. If folks want to make a change for the better, we will make those services available. If they keep shooting, we'll follow that up with targeted enforcement action. And they have a weigh-in from, you know, Chief uh, Robert Tracy. He's the St. Louis police chief. It goes on to say the meetings this week were the outgrowth of a, of a crime summit of top elected leaders and others last May. And, of course, they still don't say who they were. And it's the East-West Gateway Council of Governments. And it goes on to talk about they're giving stats on 198 homicides in St. Louis and St. Louis County that was released on Monday. 84% of the 84% of the suspects and 71% of the victims have previously been arrested, and nearly a third of each group have been uh, convicted of a felony. It goes on and on. It's just it's just crazy. But I I I've taken enough airtime talking about this. Travis, Doctor Yates, start us off on this. Travis, please, and just to back up, trust me, getting any type of degree does not make you smarter. It just makes you stubborn. So that has nothing to do with intelligence. But, Chip, you know, hark back to the leadership in our profession. I know that's a broken record with me. But we've got, we live in this day and time where we have all these resources and all these classes and all these mentors and all these gurus and we run into all these academies and with all the initials from the West Coast to the East Coast. And we put all the leadership certificates on our wall. But by golly, we can't figure out how to reduce crime. We got to have some summits. We got to put 30 people in the room. I could barrel this down and make this very easy for St. Louis because they'll just let bodies drop for a year before they decide their little plan's not working. And then they'll renegotiate a new summit. Let's just make this easy. Let's put Chief Deputy Matt Thomas in the room. Give him a couple of Diet Cokes. In 30 minutes, we're, we're knocking heads down. We're reducing crime. We could make this simple, like go back to, I don't know, 1994 when we actually let police officers do police work. It could enhance St. Louis because here's the problem in St. Louis that nobody wants to talk about. They have an, It's the African-American murder capital of the world. Per capita, more black men are murdered in St. Louis and the state of Missouri with St. Louis carrying it than any other state. If you're an African-American male living in St. Louis, you have a 1,000% higher chance of being murdered than a white guy. So we all want to talk about disparity and disproportionality. How about we actually talk about disparity that matters, which is when, when if just because of the color of your skin, you're, you're a thousand times more likely to be murdered in that city. And that city is ran by African-Americans. And that council is mainly African-American. It's time we start talking about this instead of just throwing out gun control and 20-tier plans with the committee members involved. 
people are dying because of your weak decisions. Let's get to the let's get to the point here. Let's be courageous. Let's do police work and let's save some lives. And I think that starts with my man Matt Thomas right below me. <laughs> well, how about it? How about it, Chief Thomas? Would would you if they if you got the phone call, would you be willing to appear on a panel? Oh, I'd absolutely be willing to appear on a panel, but they wouldn't have me. I guarantee you, because uh, people like Travis and myself who are truth tellers they don't want to hear that because when you when you talk about facts and when you talk about what's actual that goes against any of their narratives and so they never want to talk about that uh they want to throw an ism on the end of everything a ism or an ist right and and you're that thing and they want to label you and they don't want to talk about what's actually going on and to dr travis yates uh because he earned that title uh to his point um when you have a, a society that is lawless this is what happens and uh, i am all for helping people right that need help that want help but thugs do not care about any of that stuff and criminals who are violent criminals do not care about all that stuff either it is eat or be eaten and that's how they view the world and there's only one way to deal with that and that's to meet it head on you can't pussyfoot around with that kind of stuff yeah so you know, it, it's like, I guess they're talking about giving, it sounded to me like more like stern warnings, you know, forget about, you know, incarceration and penalties and dealing with crime that way. It almost sounded like, you know, we're going to make your life very uncomfortable if you keep shooting, if you're not one of the people that are helping solve the problem. You know, it reminds me of the the uh, the ideas to start paying criminals not to commit crimes or commit shootings. And they get a paycheck every week as long as they haven't, you know, committed any crimes that we know about. Uh, it's You know, the... The yesterday we covered a story and I mentioned Kim Fox's name. You know, they've got a panel of progressive prosecutors that are teaching other uh, prosecutors on how to successfully prosecute cops uh, for many things, including things like excessive forces stuff. But they're actually schooling. It was the first one that's ever been uh, ever been had. It started uh, what just last week. And uh, they're trying to train more prosecutors on how to successfully you know, prosecute cops. And then they're taking someone with a criminal record now that Kim Fox has got in order to do that. Wow. Well, and again, you take the core of the problem. If you look at that, and if you let the cops who know what they're doing, the leaders that know what they're doing and are willing to stand up and do some actual policing, let them run this thing, and we can clean up St. Louis real quick. It's not going to be pretty. I guarantee you that. It's not going to be a pretty thing because they have lost control, and to regain control takes some doing, and you're going to have everybody yelling against it. And again, they're going to yell that it's racism. They're going to yell that we're jackbooted thugs. But here's the thing. The world is a violent place and police are faced with that violence every day. And they're having to be uh, uh, social workers and they're having to be mental health experts. And at the same time, they're trying to protect their lives and they're trying to protect their community. And it's becoming more and more difficult when you have people like this that are they're pushing an agenda. They really don't care about the city and they don't care about the people. They care about themselves. Because if they cared about the city and the people, they would let the cops do their job. You know, I, I agree with you. I think, I mean, cops, deputies, they know what they need to get done. Just don't, let's just not tie their hands. And, and over Pinal County, you and Sheriff Mark Lamb, you guys have a great reputation. It's, uh, guys, it's time for our first commercial break. So look, 
uh, stick with us. We'll be right back. All right, guys, if you've been watching our show for really any, any amount of time, you're familiar with the new goals at goals.com slash Leo, the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So if you haven't experienced the new Gauls, please today go to Gauls.com slash Leo and check them out. Now, look, I know that Christmas is just passed and the uh, holidays, we're still in holiday mode here. So if you have family, friends, and loved ones that are involved in law enforcement or even maybe firefighting, you know, because they've got stuff for firefighters and military too, go to Gauls.com slash Leo. Uh, consider getting them a gift card or buying them something at Gauls.com slash Leo. The gift card thing, you know, we give them away on our show every week as well. It's a great option for you guys. And their uniform program is second to none. Even my former agency, Tampa Police Department, has got a Gauls uniform office on the second floor lobby. Gauls.com slash Leo. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Uh, you know, yesterday I said from sunny Plant City. Well, today it's rainy Plant City, Florida with the Boss Hog Radio Network over here. So, uh, so yeah. Hey, um, uh, we may have fully exhausted this topic. I just... You know, every time I watch these, you know, these news titles and I see this stuff and I just see the leaders just aren't getting it. It just drives me cra crazy. But of course, Travis, you know, you at, at, at TravisChange.org, you go and you train police leaders. And and I don't know if you feel like you're, unless you're maybe at Pinal County where, where, you know, Chief Matthew Thomas is at. I don't know if you feel like you're beating your head against a wall or not when you do this. I don't know how many people get it. Or maybe it depends on the, the jurisdiction of the lo locale where you're at. But um well yeah, the the irony is, Chip, it's almost like uh, if you're a good shooter, you love to go out and shoot. But if you're a bad yeah. shooter, you can't get those guys to the range. As Matt will tell you, it's very similar to what we do, right, in this leadership stuff. Like the people that want you to speak already know what you're saying, and they already agree with what you're saying. They just like to hear it said once in a while. But the people that really need it, they don't tend to like it very much, you know. And uh, I've sort of tried to um, – make sure regardless of what I thought I knew that I was always had an open mind to the new ideas and new concepts. And that's, to me, that's exciting, but there are not everybody believes that way as Mac could tell you. So, so we've got people all over the, all over the country watching our show right now. So if we have command staff or someone that wants to, even if it's just, if it's just the troops, they just want to get you at their agency. They want to hear what you have to say. Cause I've, I've seen your videos at TravisJH.org. You've got some very, very engaging uh, dare I say, a uh, charismatic is that? Can I get away with that charismatic word, producer Jimmy? Uh, but you're you're a charismatic speaker. So if they if they want more information about getting you to their agency or to the locale, how can they do that? Yeah, just hit me up at travisyates.org. That contact would be rallied once you throw that in there. They'll get it over to me. So yeah, just go to the website. You'll see everything there. All right, and I and I know that uh, uh, Chief Thomas is uh, is backing you, backing uh, the recommendation on getting you over there. Fully endorsed, man. He came to our agency and uh, some of our leaders, upcoming leaders, all had rave reviews and said, let's get him back here. Everybody needs to hear this message. All right. Excellent. Thanks. Well, guys, moving along, we've got uh, we've got some really great stories today. Um, we got a couple, only a couple update articles today. So on Police One, they've got one more suspect crashes into a New York cruiser head on, but he sets it on fire afterwards. Now, there's no video component to this. Normally, I would not include a story like this without a video component. However, when I read the story, and and I I just there were so many flags in this. Now, just so people know, I I I send out the stories, copies of what we're going to be talking about to the the panelists that are going to be on the show. That, so I do that the day before, or really the evening before, so they have the time to look at that if they really want to. Uh, but there's really no need to because I go through a synopsis of the stories. But but they have them. So when I read this and I sent it out, I'm thinking. 
you know, wow, I'm kind of curious whether the other guys are going to see the flags on it that I see, at least for me, everybody's different, right? But in Wheatfield, New York, a Cambria man involved in a head-on collision with a Niagara County Sheriff's Office patrol car, um, which he's accused of then setting on fire. This guy is discharged from the hospital on Sunday morning, uh, but he's taken for an arraignment, so he is, it sounds like he's still in custody. His name is Skyler P. Johnson. So remember, everybody with three names is bad guy, right? So if he's 52 years old, released Sunday morning from the medical care, and he was admitted there for a mental health evaluation, which should be your first flag, right? As well as treatment for a minor head injury sustained allegedly from the second vehicle crash that he was involved with. And this is according to the Sheriff Michael, uh, I guess, uh, Filicetti. And he's telling this to the Buffalo News. So Johnson, our bad guy, uh, was in, um, is involved in two car crashes early Saturday morning in Wheatfield. Now, about 5 o'clock in the morning, Johnson's driving his pickup truck into the path of a patrol car. So he drives. It, it, it doesn't say whether it's intentional or not, but it gives the appearance that it's intentional, that he intentionally does this in the path of a patrol car, and he causes the collision. So Deputy Cody Sikora is the deputy involved in the collision, takes cover. After the collision, deputy takes cover behind the rear of the car, of the, of the police car, and he tries to engage with Johnson. But it doesn't say what kind of engagement that is. It doesn't say whether it's and I, I I'm telling you that I don't believe it's 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 lethal engagement because you'll hear why in a second. So it, I'm thinking maybe it's like verbal engagement. And then Johnson, our, our our bad guy, allegedly comes back to the patrol car, but this time he's got a gas can that he retrieved from his truck, and now he's pouring gasoline on the patrol car that he just hit and caused a collision with with a deputy hiding behind the trunk, and he sets it on fire. So that's why I'm thinking that you know when they say that the deputy tried to engage him. It's making, well, what were you, were you, was it like a verbal engagement? So the deputy Sikora, who was not injured in the collision, which makes further questions in my mind, why nothing happened, he was able to put out the blaze for the fire extinguisher, according to the Buffalo News. Um, then Johnson, our bad guy, um, a- allegedly flees the scene, and then he gets involved in a second ve- a second vehicle crash, after which he, it, he overturns the vehicle, and he's located by Captain Matthew Grange. Johnson, or bad guy, threatens the captain with a knife, and then he threatens him with a screwdriver. So the captain initially deploys a taser. Now, this is a bad guy that's got a knife and a screwdriver. He, 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 he meets it with a taser, and when that doesn't work, then he results to his firearm? No. He goes to pepper spray, and he causes the bad guy to surrender. So Johnson, the bad guy, is charged with multiple felonies, including reckless driving, other traffic violations, third-degree arson, menacing a police officer with a weapon and criminal mischief. Why is this guy not dead? I, I mean, I hate to be blunt, but why is this guy not dead? Um, panelists, am I am, am I the only one seeing this? I'm just scratching my head on this one. And both these dudes are with the same agency. Uh, uh, Chief Thomas. Man, this this hurts my head. Um, I, well, t- to your point, wh- why is this guy not dead? Uh, I, I think Travis would agree. It's It's this... It's the new generation of cops that we have formed, we being the U.S. Uh, we have molded cops into indecisive decision makers on the streets. Uh, and it's because they don't get backed. They don't get trained. Uh, they they are afraid that they are going to be the next news story or going to prison for making the proper decision. The proper decision in this case would have been lethal force um, because, like we've talked about in the past, not only do you have the right to protect yourself, but you have a duty, a duty to protect others. And it is obvious that this guy is a violent felon. He is using violence. 
And so just focus on the simple fact that he is violent and he is out in the public and now he is leaving that scene to go do what, right? And so you have to understand that your duty calls for you to take very decisive and sometimes violent action. You know, I wanted to hear more what you had to say, but producer Jimmy started the music for the second commercial, which just gets <laughs> on my nerves. But anyhow, guys, hey, stick with us. A lot more to come. We'll be right back. All right, guys, if you're struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures, or what about the liability of actually getting it wrong, say hello to bluethegold.com. They translate church and seizure doctrines into clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give the training for free thanks to BlueTheGold.com's free weekly webinars. Now, next week, they're talking about CIs and search warrants. So sign up at BlueTheGold.com today. Join thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. So, hey, on that note, AUFire at AUFire.com. It stands for Accuracy Under Fire, and now agencies can prepare their LEOs for the mental challenges associated with being wounded on duty, forcing them to adapt, problem-solve, refocus, and overcome to effectively neutralize the threat. AUFire.com has the only options to safely prepare LEOs for the instant, intense, random, and distracting immobilization of a body part associated with a debilitating wound. Go to AUFire.com. Watch those videos, AUFire.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we left off talking about this bad guy that uh, that has two crashes and he takes on the cops. You know, uh, during the commercial break, producer Jimmy was just saying how, you know, if you told the story, people wouldn't believe it. And I was just thinking, wow, if they made a movie about this, guys, think about that. You have the bad guy head-on collision into a police car, right? Deputy gets out. He Deputy is uninjured, hides behind the trunk. He's trying to engage the guy, but he never fires, shoots, or does anything. And he watches the guy go to his vehicle and take a gasoline can, pour it on the deputy's car. Deputy still hasn't engaged him. And then he takes and he lights it on fire, right? And then he allows the bad guy to leave and get in a second crash with another deputy who's a ca- who's a, a captain now. And that guy takes on the bad guy uh, wh- who's got a knife and uh, a screwdriver as a weapon. And he just does the taser and the pepper spray thing. It's just, if I saw this movie going, I'd say, man, these guys are totally, these, these guys don't know what law enforcement is about. They've never, they, they have no clue what we have to deal with or how things go down. And, 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 and this is, this is reality. Wow. Travis. Well, I have, uh, probably one of the more unique stories where I pulled up on a scene where a guy was dousing a car with gasoline and, and lit it on fire. So I can tell you the shock wow. and awe of seeing that in person. Uh, but it sounds like this, this kid had probably a tad more time than I had as I was pulling up and, and Matt said it right. I mean, when you were more scared of the press or the media or our chiefs or what our policy says or a prosecutor than actually saving people's lives, we have a significant issue in this profession. And the problem is if you want to, if you want to scream about warrior versus guardian and talk bad about warriors for a decade in a profession, how many actual warriors are going to actually go into that profession? So we have to look at the fact of, well, who's coming into the profession what do they think we're supposed to be able to do? And their worldview is completely different, which is why I think you're seeing a lot of this happening. I would love to see an age breakdown, a tenure breakdown of, uh, of some yeah. of the things that occur, because it seems to me that a lot of, uh, maybe it's just anecdotal, but a lot of our newer officers kind of have bought off into this, take, give them time and talk and talk and talk and do, do everything you have to do is sort of a last ditch effort. The problem is if you think deadly force is a last ditch effort, you never get to that ditch. And we're going to, 
and it puts a lot of people at risk. And so this case law has not changed, Chip, as Matt will tell you. It's been around since 1989. I don't know why we keep messing with it because it's putting uh, lives in danger. Yeah, you know, we've covered a number of videos where the, uh, you know, years ago we used to have a, uh, you know, alcohol-based accelerator for, you know, uh, OC pepper spray or CS gas or whatever, you know, and then we got away from that because they learned out that, hey, it's flammable and we're using things like tasers, right? But we still occasionally, I know the first video we covered was over in France. Apparently they either didn't get the memo or they were still using the alcohol-based accelerant, you know, for the uh, for the OC pepper spray. The guy went up like a ball of flame. Yeah, went up. Yeah, and, yeah. producer Jimmy. Yeah, we covered a few of those. You remember the uh, the scene? There was a movie that Burt Reynolds was in. I think he was like a bodyguard, and this big, bad dude was messing with him, and Reynolds had like a champagne glass or something, but he had gasoline in it. So the bad guy comes up and wants to fight with Burt Reynolds, and he tosses the uh, the uh, the uh, champagne on him that had the – it was all gasoline on the bad guy, and then he takes his big lighter and he just lights it. And the guy, you know, knows better than the touch him or get close to him because he's going to go up in a, in a, in a, you know, a ball of flame. So that was, I don't know if you guys remember that or not. Am I just the, uh, the weird one in the, in the show that remembers weird stuff like that? Not that, not that I'd ever have the opportunity to use that, but it just made a lasting impression on me, you know? So, um, Chip, you so dated yourself with Burt Reynolds. Oh, did I? Did I? Oh, thanks. thanks a lot. I think is that a, is that a, like a, like a, like a loose compliment, Travis, that the, that the, the chief just gave me? I don't know. Complete uh, compliment. Yeah. I mean, okay. all I know is when I was like four years old, I wanted that black Trans Am and smoking a bandit. So four maybe it is, old, maybe old, it was dated a little bit. Four years old, dude. Uh, you're, you know, I'm, I'm flying to where you're at, dude, with this goes over. All right. So moving along here then, I think we've got a couple stories with video components to look for our audio listeners that are listening to us by radio station and by, uh, by podcast. Please stay loyal to these platforms, bringing, bringing you this good quality content. We're describing great detail what's going on so you guys don't feel like you're missing out on anything. If, however, you still want to see the video component, you know, our live show is Monday through Friday during the lunch hour. That's 12 to 1 o'clock on Eastern time. But we take this live show and producer Will embeds all the videos we talk about, pictures of the good guys and the bad guys, and puts that out on a Rumble channel Tuesday through Saturday at 9 o'clock in the morning. So the very next morning, 9 o'clock, you can watch the video portion of anything we talk about uh, if you guys really want to. But at rumble.com on our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter and also at Red Voice Media, which is rvmnews.com, we have a story. It's titled Body Cam Video Released on a Fatal Shooting That Killed a Suspect and Also a Canine in Stonington. Now, you don't see me covered. Look, I have a lot. We cover a lot of canine videos on the show. We don't cover a lot of stuff where the canines get killed. I, for whatever reason, I just have a really hard time covering that stuff and watching these videos. Uh, this is one that we need to cover. It's, it's, it was hard for me to watch this, but the Connecticut Office of Inspector General, so we're really talking about Connecticut State Police, uh, they released a preliminary report in the body cam footage on Wednesday outlining the moments before a fatal shooting that killed a suspect who fatally shot a canine. So the bad guy kills the canine, and then the troops light him freaking up, and, and it was well-deserved. Um, so canine Broco uh, became the first police dog shot while in the line of duty in Connecticut, in the whole state of Connecticut. Wow. Connecticut State Police Troopers, they're serving an arrest warrant, and it's the night of December the 21st, so 
uh, just a few days before Christmas. And the bad guy is Vaughn R. Malloy. He's 42 years old, a black male accused of assault in connection with a shooting. Body cam footage shows the police outside his home. He's in, uh, uh, I guess it's uh, Pocketuck, and he's ordering, they're ordering him to come out and surrender. So he does not do that, of course. So attack unit reached the door by using a ram attached to the front of an armored vehicle. But our bad guy is allowed to escape out the back door. How this stuff happens, I mean, don't get me started. Police end up running after this guy. So, yeah, he's barricaded. He gets out, and now they're doing a foot chase. And they're telling him to stop. They release K-9 Broco, and officers end up shooting less lethal impact munitions at our bad guy. Now, I'm assuming and hoping they did not know that he had a gun on him because they're using less lethal, right? Our bad guy is seen falling to the ground, and he shoots at K-9 Broco multiple times. And obviously, the dog ended up being hit and, and died. Now, as soon as that's over, gunshots hit a police vehicle as well, um, and four officers shoot at Malloy, our bad guy, who later died at the hospital, uh, which is the only good news out of this whole story at all. Um, we got uh, about a little over uh, three minutes left, guys. Any uh, commentary on this particular video? Because um, I, I could barely watch it. I, I could only watch it once or twice, and I was done. Go, uh, go, go ahead. Uh, Travis, go ahead. Well, it just shows uh, the vital importance of our canines. What a force multiplier where as soon as he took off running, you could hear the command for the dog and, and obviously extremely tragic. Uh, but, you know, these things do occur. And, you know, I'm grateful for the service of the dog, the sacrifice of the dog, because it could have very well been a police officer that day that died. And uh, but uh, we always ought to think and, and, and support any of these organizations that are really helping these agencies with these canines, because this is what it provides for us and others. Uh, I you're so right. Chief Thomas? Yeah, I don't think people understand how close these dogs become to uh, not only the handler that, that is working the dog, uh, but in a situation like that, that's a team, right? It's it's obviously a SWAT team, and uh, they work side by side with that dog, and that dog becomes part of your team, part of your family. And uh, let's be honest, I like dogs more than humans most of the time because they're uh, a lot better <laughs> than people can be. Um, and it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch the canine get killed. Um, and, and there's questions, right? You, you look at this video and you have some questions where, where was the containment, but all that stuff will be worked out. Cause I guarantee you when you have a loss like this, that team is going to be reevaluating how they did that entire thing. And you're going to have a lot of stuff going on with that team. And uh, because it is like they lost a member of that team. And so that they're going to have some difficulties to deal with. You're going to, they're going to have some uh, issues to work through. And uh, hopefully they come back better. And hopefully that, that that handler is good. And like Travis said, canines are absolutely a force multiplier and they are act, uh, uh, just a great asset to have. Um, but when you deploy them, you understand that uh, they are essentially putting their lives on the line for the people oh, yeah. behind them. And that's exactly what happened in this case. Yeah. You know, our prayers have to go out to the, uh, to uh, the canine partner, canine's partner. That's just gotta be devastating. Um, look, we, there's a, there is good there is good out of this besides the bad guy dying. I I don't believe the canine was was struck by front. We have no indication that he was hit by friendly fire. And, and even watch the video, I was convinced that the guys were very careful to avoid the canine. You know when they were when they were firing at the at the bad guy. Um, we have there have been there's been more than one where I mean it's not I should say I hate to even say it's not even that uncommon, but occasionally we'll have canines that are taken out by friendly fire. That happens. I think these guys did so much that was right. And I and I, I agree, Chief, that with this kind of a loss, they're gonna go back, critique what they did, and look, we 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 look, we all make mistakes. I have done warrants and raids and have and have just lucked out. 
uh, with with not being seriously injured or killed. Um, you, we learn from our mistakes, and that would that's really the game changer with us. I think you know, there's a lot. Look, everybody, good guys, bad guys, we all make mistakes. Um, I would I, I like to believe that the 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 good guys we learn from our mistakes much more so than the bad guys do, and we we change, adapt, and overcome. So uh, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a sad story, but there are good spots in the story as well. Um, final 15 seconds, uh, Chief, on this one. I just want to say that that team, uh, they did do a great job of progression, right? Release the dog. Uh, that's one move. The guy chose lethal force. They moved to that quickly and decisively. Great job in the end. Perfect. Commercial break, our last one. We'll be right back. All right, guys, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunler.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. Gunler.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level, become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett. They provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that Leos, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all factions of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. You can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world at gunlearn.com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact mymedicare.live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, mymedicare.live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from the Boss Talk Studios in Plant City, Florida. Um, on this last topic, guys, are we have a, if we've exhausted it, we can move on to the next one. So let's see what we got. Um, our second story, video component as well, our favorite video channel, uh, rumble.com, and it's called This Is Butter. Pierce County, they released a body cam from a viral video when they arrested a 7-Eleven robbery suspect. The deputy who made the second capture was driving the victims back to the store when he saw the suspect make a break for it. He jumped out of his car and made sure this robber wouldn't be able to get away without facing accountability for his actions that day. So, yeah, Pierce County Sheriff's Department, they arrested robbery suspect after they say this guy robbed the 7-Eleven on December the 16th. So, yeah, all this stuff is going on just before Christmas. Deputies respond to an armed robbery at the 7-Eleven around 7.30 in the morning. Witnesses say the suspect was driving a dark gray sedan with a broken taillight. Just over 30 minutes later, someone tells the deputies that a similar vehicle had crashed at a fire hydrant. And uh, it actually hit the, the hydrant. So when law enforcement gets there, um, they immediately notice the sedan matches the same description of the one involving the robbery. The driver then decided to try and escape from the deputies. So the driver um, crashes again into a utility pole, and Waller, our bad guy, ends up getting handcuffed. So <laughs> I know where this is, where this is going. Um, officials say, they found a gun on the floor of the sedan. So deputies put the suspect, take him out of the car, and they have him identified by the victim. And uh, then when they open the door, he tries to run away. Well, apparently he breaks free, and actually he's handcuffed, but he's running. And uh, after a short chase, and I, I will say it's a very short chase, 
He's arrested again. Well, they say arrested, but watching the video, I would say he was, it was a beautiful slam dunk and a roll from the cop. It was like pretty impressive. So I have down here slam dunked on the street with prejudice. And, uh, and then I, at a side note, I said, please tell me that after the slam dunk, the cops were not asking the cameraman if he actually got the takedown on video because that's what it looked like to me. But our bad guy was booked at the Pierce County Jail, charged with robbery, felony eluding, and escape in the third degree. Uh, so that's the way this thing goes down. Uh, commentary on the video, guys. Travis, start us off. Well, I would tell you if I'm in a foot race with anybody, I would totally agree that they should be wearing handcuffs behind their back while I chase them because um, uh, that's probably the only way I could win a foot chase. Um, listen, I, I've been in, I've, you know, the statute of limitations are up, but I've been involved in coming kind of those drive of shames, right? Where somebody gets away with handcuffs and, uh, man, you have to find them. If you don't find them, that's the problem. You have to find them. So we would just, you know, we would just bring out hundreds of people to find them because, you know, you need your handcuffs back. But the interesting part about that and the serious part about that is, uh, you know, Pierce County, they have a great approach to messaging to the public. They have the, obviously the PIO is well known there in the area. And he's at near the end of this video. He basically says, I know some people didn't like the way we had to tackle the handcuff guy, but that's really not our fault because it was the handcuff guy that ran away. So don't blame us. It, it's not pretty when you tackle people, just get, get on your way. And he totally dismissed them, which I think is the way of the future. When someone says something dumb, you don't even engage. You just dismiss them laughing hilariously and move on. And I think you see a lot of issues in our profession because people are scared to get called a name. Well, if I do this decision or I make this decision, I mean, look at St. Louis. Uh, those, those homicides are happening in a, in a square on the tip of St. Louis that is, uh, the, that is about 95% minority. And that's where all the victims are. And that's where the suspects are. But that police department has been so scared to actually do police work because you're scared of getting called the name more than likely that you're seeing people literally dying. So we got to get past this, right? People are going to call you names. That's the society we're in. You know whether you're that name or not. So who cares what anybody else thinks, right? I get, I've given called everything from a Russian agent to a white supremacist. Well, I know for a fact I'm none of those. So I could care less what you call me. It's their wasted breath. And we need to get that attitude because if we don't, we're going to keep not doing the things we ought to be doing. I, I love I love that. You know, and, and I, I had fun with saying, you know, if those guys ask the camera dude, but you know, there's really no harm. It's kind of funny because, you know, if you have if you do something spectacular, I don't care whether it's on the tennis court or whether it's like tackling a bad guy, you got a camera goes, Hey guy, did you get did you get that? You know, it's you know, nothing all that. Wait, and Chief Thomas, I uh you know, when I was working uh, selective enforcement, it was, we were doing street level prostitution. It was my my first plain clothes gig, and uh, so we were going out doing prostitution. I I, rec I arrested a chick for um, OTCP offering from prostitution and stuff, and I had her handcuffed in a uh, in a in a in a cage basically. I don't people that are liberals don't freak out. I don't mean like a cage cage. It's just like a a, a cage in the uh, in a in a in the, in the vice office that we kept people before we transported them to jail. So she's able to stand up. She's not like on all fours down in the little cage or whatever. But, uh, but someone, I'm doing paperwork in the other room and I should have been in there where I could supervise her. Well, someone says, Hey, Chip, where's your prisoner? I'm like, what are you talking about? And I go in and she's gone. And so the cavalry, the troops were there looking, they find her about, I don't know, about a, a quarter of a mile away in a phone booth. She's still handcuffed. She's got my handcuffs on her and she's dialing, waiting for someone to come, trying to get someone to come pick her up. So thank God disaster was averted on that one, but it can happen. It can happen to anybody. Because now, now Chief Thomas will never will never hire me to work at his agency. But go go ahead. I I, I know you got some stuff to say. 
Well, hey, it's happened to the best of us. I uh, I have to admit, I had one getaway as well. There's no worse feeling than walking back to your patrol car where you <laughs> formerly had a prisoner and the door is open and uh, the prisoner has gone with your handcuffs on them. Yeah, that is, oh, yeah. that's a bad day. And uh, you do call out all of the troops because to, uh, to the dock's point, you have to get your handcuffs back. And uh, <laughs> I, I want to say that uh, Travis made a great point and, and it's, it's time that we as leaders, if you're a leader in law enforcement and uh, you want to actually earn that title, stop placating to all these noisy people that are just running their mouths about how we should do our job. Because you know full well how we should run these agencies and how we need to do our job to get the job done. So what they need to do is just discount the haters. And I agree, this was great messaging on their part. This is an agency saying, look, we are in the business of policing. We know what we're doing. Let us do it. Stay out of our business. We don't care if you like the way it looks or not, because if we placate to you, we're going to be one of those failed cities. And kudos to them for standing up for their troops and just saying, get out of here if you don't like the way we police, because that's how you address these people. You don't even give them the time of day. You just discount whatever they're saying and you move forward because you know what's right. As long as you're doing what's right, you're golden. Beautiful. All right, guys, the last story, the last note on police one, we got a New Jersey city. It sues the state over policy permitting off duty cannabis use for law enforcement officers. Wow. Now this is stuff like this come up before, but we're in Jersey city, New Jersey. So the mayor is suing the state over the policy, which is allowing cops to use cannabis off duty or according to Politico. And uh, apparently the New Jersey law prohibits all employers from penalizing cannabis use during off hours. But the Jersey City Mayor, Stephen Fullup, he opposes its use by off-duty law enforcement officers, I would like to say for obvious reasons. And he cites a federal law that prevents drug users from using firearms. Um, commentary, guys, on this. We've got just under two minutes. I mean, uh, Travis, you, you teach these police leaders. What would you, what would you, uh, have you run up against this? Actually, I'm kind of curious. Uh, in my city, we dealt with it. Uh, there was a little bit of a quasi fight about it. We obviously banned it for police officer use and other city employees as well. That's what sort of caused the rub because, you know, if you're an accountant or whatever with the city, with a city, can I not do? Well, at the end of the day, uh, it's it's against federal law, right? And at what point are we going to hit the bottom gutter of our standards of hiring and retention in law enforcement? I mean, okay. We've, you know, you keep reading about these stories that they've lowered education requirements. So they lowered these requirements. They lowered the physical fitness requirements. Let's just lower the drug requirements so people do marijuana when they're off duty because everyone knows that doesn't just leave your system because you go on duty. <laughs> Stuff stays in your system. So uh, we have to just quit apologizing for trying to hold our profession to high standards because the people that are maybe arguing are the same people that would be the crazy people that the chief talked about earlier. So we've just got to, we know what's right. We know what's wrong. Just, we need to start doing it. That just makes too much sense, Chief. What planet are we living on? <laughs> Why is this even a discussion? This is so, so crazy that we're talking about uh, drug use by officers and what's acceptable now. Um, and we deal with it here. Uh, we, we have legalized marijuana in our state. And so we don't deal with it on the police officer level uh, because our state has taken a hardline stance on that. And, uh, you know, in accordance with the federal law that if you are essentially in a safety sensitive position, um, that's a no-go. 
but what we do have, like for our county, we have to take a real look at civilians and and how they are using these drugs. And, and essentially it comes down to once they legalize it, you have to look at it much like alcohol. And, and so that's the way uh, we're kind of treating it in Arizona, which is it's just an odd thing to have to deal with. And uh, it is a lowering of this. It's the slow degrad, not even slow anymore. It's a rapid degradation of our entire society. Well, thanks, Chief. Uh, and and, uh, and Travis, thanks, guys. It's been a great show. We're uh, almost out of time on that. I do want to mention the Wounded Blue at the woundedblue.org. Uh, and Travis, you were right. They still have, you know what? They ran out of guitars, and the artists got together, and they signed more guitars. So you're right, Travis. Uh, you know, they're still doing Guitars for Cops at Guitars for Cops. It's a, it's, a great, it's a great deal. Buy it for next Christmas to the one that you love the most. Yeah, I, I Perfect. And yeah, and you get they they got the, the lineup of artists they have signing guitars for a thousand dollars and you get the guitar, you get the signature on it. It's just a great idea. Hey, um a shout out to our sponsors, Gauls, AUFire.com, Gunler.com, blue the gold.com, mymedicare.live, uh Brian Burris with the free press camp, FP.com, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media.com. Thanks, guys. Travis, uh, TravisH.org. <laughs>